It's July 4th. You're listening to a special edition of the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. The brief you're about to hear is in the same spirit of the actual President's Daily Brief, which is a top-secret summary of the most critical events in the past 24 hours, all delivered to the President each day by the nation's spymasters. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I am your spy, and this is your special Independence Day Brief. On July 4th of 1967, a man named Hugh Redmond sat in a Chinese prison. His captors had allowed him to write his family on rare occasion, and on that particular day, he penned what would be his final note. He wrote to them, quote, It just dawned on me that today is the 4th of July. Did you have a big celebration with fireworks and all? He went on to ask how his mother was doing, the latest in the world of sports, and as always, how his nephews were holding up. Don't forget, he reminded his mother, to buy ice cream for the children. And he closed out that final letter as he always had. Very best regards to you all, loved Hugh. His family never heard from him again. Three years later, the communist Chinese government in Beijing said that he had died of suicide. They cremated his remains and sent them home. But Hugh's family didn't believe that story. Hugh's colleagues didn't either. And and even the U.S. government thought that the communists were lying. And to this day, what exactly happened to Hugh remains a mystery. Still, the family buried the ashes in Yonkers, New York, and on his headstone, they engraved these five words. His country above all else. And so on this July 4th of 2022, we here at the President's Daily Brief are going to celebrate this day by remembering the one back in 1967. We're going to remember Hugh Francis Redmond, a man who, when he wrote that last letter, had spent over 15 years in a Chinese prison cell, often tortured, all because he was accused of being a CIA officer, which he was, conducting sabotage operations against the communists, which he had. But he never admitted to any of it, partly because of his oath that he gave to the CIA and his agents, but mostly because of his love and commitment to America, above all else. That incredible story of patriotism and sacrifice, all up next on this special Independence Day edition of the President's Daily Brief. Hey, Mike Baker here. Listen, just because something is quick and convenient doesn't mean it has to be low quality, right? It's true. And that includes for fashion. Now, you may be surprised to learn that I'm known for my keen fashion sense. And to that end, let me introduce you to Indochino. Indochino makes fully custom suits, shirts, and outerwear for men and women with hand-selected high-quality fabrics. And you don't even have to leave the house to get it. Indochino's suits are designed to fit you. Everything is made to your exact measurements and customizations. And there are endless customization options to get the exact look you want. From buttons and vents to pockets and lapels, high-quality fabric and wools, linen and cotton, in different colors and patterns. There's really something for everyone with Indochino. And get this, you can measure yourself at home in 10 minutes, or you could visit a showroom for the perfect fit. Then, you wear your suit right out of the box. You get measured, you send off your measurements and your choices, the box arrives, you open it up, you put your suit on, and Bob's your uncle. And you can save your measurement profile to make future orders even faster. Build yourself a luxury wardrobe without the luxury price tag. Make quality convenient with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code BAKER, B-A-K-E-R, 
to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com with code Baker. When looking at today's financial environment, it's clear that we're experiencing concerning economic shifts that could impact your retirement savings. We've got stubborn inflation, soaring interest rates, and astronomical debt that could drain their value. Now, the good news is that there is a time-tested way to protect your financial future, and that's gold and silver. American Hartford Gold can ship physical precious metals right to your door, or you can store your precious metals in a tax and penalty-free gold IRA. American Hartford Gold can help shield your wealth from this economic turbulence. Analysts predict that gold is set to hit all-time highs. If you've got retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold. They'll show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver, with amazing customer service and a buyback commitment. They pride themselves on top-tier products, great customer service, and a commitment to customer satisfaction. American Hartford Gold has earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Use the promo code PDB and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first order. So call 866-292-2990 or text PDB to 998899. Again, that's 866-292-2990 or text PDB to 998899. Hugh Francis Redmond was born in Yonkers, New York in October of 1919. His family was very much working class. By all accounts, Hugh was an average young man, a good athlete, but nothing remarkable stood out, at least at that time. Just a decent all-American kid. After high school, he tried college. He lasted one semester, but he left to join the Civilian Conservation Corps, which is a Depression-era program for unmarried men that did a lot of really great work improving public land. But when war broke out, he enlisted in the Army, and he went on to serve in the famed 101st Airborne Division. On June 6th of 1944, or D-Day, he parachuted in near the Douve River in Normandy. Of the 20 paratroopers in his group, he was the only one who escaped death or wounds. Now, he went on to fight other major battles, managing to escape death and injury in all of them. But his good luck ran out in the Battle of the Bulge. And like so many, he was wounded, hospitalized, in fact, for a year. And he was discharged in late 1945. He had a Purple Heart, a Silver Star, and a Bronze Star with oak leaf clusters. Within a few months of being discharged, he heard of a new government agency. It was called the Strategic Services Unit, and it was later renamed to the Office of Strategic Services. We now call that office the Central Intelligence Agency. He applied and was accepted just nine months after he left the Army, and he joined a very unique part of the CIA called the Special Activities Division. And these are men and women who, then as now, tend to be very good at blowing things up rather than going to cocktail parties. So after training in 1946, Hugh was sent to Shanghai, China. And that was a heck of a time to be there. The civil war between the communists and the nationalists was revving back up. And the U.S. government needed clandestine boots on the ground. Well, the CIA gave Hugh a cover job, basically something to explain himself when people asked what he was doing. And his cover job was a salesman of ice cream machines. But Hugh was anything but an ice cream salesman. In fact, what we know is that he had set up a spy ring of Chinese citizens all opposed to the communists. They collected intelligence, they related it to Hugh, who then sent it back to Washington, D.C. 
His group was also very deep into plans for conducting a regional sabotage campaign. Hugh was in China for about five years doing all that when in April of 1951, things in the country were going from bad to worse. Communists had beaten the nationalists in the Civil War, who in turn fled to Taiwan, where they remain to this day. All throughout China during that time, there was a fever for revenge killings and a total suspicion of foreigners. So the CIA ordered him out. And after a quick break, I'll tell you how close Hugh was to freedom and then what happened for the next 20 years. We'll be right back. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items, like your transmission engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. From 1946 to 1951, Hugh was working as an ice cream machine salesman during the day, but a covert officer at night. He was CIA's man in Shanghai. He was organized and aspiring for intelligence and sabotage purposes. But then things were getting just a bit too hot. The Chinese communists were after foreigners of all kinds, but most especially businessmen and missionaries. So the CIA ordered its staff completely out of the country, including Hugh. And so one night he got a secret message with a code word that meant evacuation. So Hugh got his things together and made his way to the port. Well, as Hugh was actually boarding the ship that was bound for San Francisco, Chinese police grabbed him. They let others through, but not Hugh. Why he was picked out, in other words, how he was discovered, we're still not really sure. Suspicion fell almost immediately on a Russian woman who, much to the CIA's surprise, had actually married Hugh at some point before. But whether or not she had something to do with it, we don't know. But what we do know is this. Hugh disappeared. Now, his family back in New York was absolutely distraught. 
His mother, Ruth, kept up a constant vigil. She wrote letters to the government. Uh, She was asking for updates, anything. But they had nothing to tell her. The embassy and the consulates were emptied. Their China networks, gone. And so from 1951 through 1953, she heard virtually nothing other than confirmation once that he had actually been arrested. Now, his mother knew a lot more than she let on. Her intuition told her that he was a CIA officer, and she was right. But she kept quiet, and she maintained the ruse to keep him safe. And then on March 29th of 1953, a German citizen who had been held in a Shanghai jail said that he had been in a cell next to Hugh. And he reported that, at least initially, Hugh was receiving relatively soft treatment on an effort to get him to confess to having conducted espionage for the CIA. But Hugh refused. A year later, that same man heard Hugh's voice once again. But this time, Hugh was being tortured. I will spare you those details. On September of 1954, three years after he had been captured and imprisoned and tortured, the Chinese government announced that Hugh was, in fact, a prisoner, that he was alive, but that he had been tried and convicted of spying. And the sentence was life imprisonment. They also announced that they had caught all of his CIA agents, his his spy ring, and they executed them right in front of Hugh. But that didn't faze him. He still refused to acknowledge that he ever worked for the CIA, which is pretty remarkable when you consider that all of the CIA's officers who were held captive in China eventually admitted to being government agents, and China actually released most of them. Only Hugh refused. And for that, he sat in prison year after year after year. As punishment for his refusal, he was given just enough food to keep him alive, but not enough to thrive. So, not surprisingly, he lost a lot of weight, and his teeth eventually fell out. Over time, and perhaps as an attempt to bribe him, the Chinese did allow Hugh to read some books. And he taught himself how to speak Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Italian, and French. He grew to love science and the latest theories in physics. He became fond of the classics and philosophy and art. And so, as it turned out, the man with one month of college was quite the student. There was a glimmer of hope in the mid-1950s that China might let him out. And the reason was that they decided to let him exchange letters with his family. Now, the letters were obviously screened, and many never made it out, but some did. Now, his first was in about 1955, when he wrote for the very first time asking for some very heavy woolen clothes. Winter, as he explained, was fast approaching, and the Chinese didn't give him anything to protect himself from the elements. Now, it was a very brief letter, and it ended with these words. I'm sending all of my love to you and everybody back home. Please keep your fingers crossed for me. Love, Huey. Around that same time, there was a citizens group that launched in New York. It was called the Yonker Citizen Committee for the release of Hugh Francis Redmond. And it worked to keep the case in the press, plus to support Hugh's mother, who worked at a local school. But what the group didn't acknowledge was that the CIA was funding and organizing most of the activities. Regardless, the letters to and from Hugh and his family continued throughout the 1950s. His mother Ruth could send him more and more items as the years passed, like he loved Lucky Strike cigarettes, uh, powdered milk, candies, and above all else, he wanted books and sports columns, most especially about baseball. Hugh also asked about his wife, the, the Russian who had left before he had. 
Ruth grew fearful that she would never see Hugh again. But incredibly, the Chinese finally agreed to let her come visit Hugh in prison. For propaganda purposes, they dressed him up in a suit, and they gave him a set of dentures to make up for those that they had pulled out. Regardless, it was a joyous few hours. Heartbreaking, but at least it was something for poor Ruth, who had grown accustomed to praying to St. Jude, the patron saint of lost causes. Unfortunately, the years ticked by without resolution. The 1950s became the 1960s, and the Chinese refused to release Hugh because he refused to admit who he was. And the American government was unable, or some say, unwilling to get him out. That last part, the unwilling bit, is because some people argue that there was a new era underway to re-engage with the Chinese, and some people in the U.S. government didn't want to upset that process, and so Hugh sat. His mom visited him four times in total. Each time she grew more and more concerned for his health, but she always held out hope that he'd be released eventually. But by the mid-1960s, the Cultural Revolution in China was in full swing. And if you recall that history, China's communist leader, Mao Zedong, felt that Beijing was drifting too far away from the revolutionary principles of socialism and communism. So he shut down the nation's schools, and he urged the students to rise up against the old values and old ideas and customs. There was absolute chaos, near anarchy, and the economy all but collapsed. Over a million people were killed. Meanwhile, the war in Vietnam was raging and had grabbed the passions of the world to include within the Chinese government. And because of that, they were in no mood to grant clemency or compassion to a CIA spy. And it was in the midst of that mess that Hugh wrote for what would be the last time in a letter dated July 4th of 1967. He, as always, asked about how the big Independence Day parties were and the fireworks and such. And... Of course, he insisted that someone get his nephews some ice cream. And then he closed out his note with somewhat of a sad request. He needed a bottle of aspirin. For what it's worth, the CIA did try a few times to get him out. The final attempt was in 1968, 17 years after Hugh was first imprisoned. They basically offered up a ransom that would have been given to the Chinese government through the Yonkers Citizen Committee that I mentioned earlier. And what's interesting is that famous people agreed to tell the public that it was their money, not the CIA or the U.S. government's. One famous man in particular who lent his name was Jackie Robinson. He knew that Hugh loved baseball and was happy to help with the cause. But unfortunately, that plan failed, and China wasn't interested in America's money. And then the sad news arrived a couple of years later. According to the Chinese government, Hugh killed himself on the evening of April 13, 1970. Now, they claimed that they had rushed him to the hospital, but that it was simply too late. He had lost too much blood. But what's suspicious is that the Chinese quickly cremated his body, and they placed the ashes in an urn, and they handed it over to another captive. And at that point, they actually released that man and the urn. From the moment of China's announcement, no one believed the story of how Hugh died. Not Hugh's family, not his CIA colleagues, and not the U.S. government but they had no way of proving or disproving their hunch. And they actually had no way of confirming that the ashes inside the urn were actually Hugh's. There was even a suspicion that Hugh was perhaps still alive, but that China wanted to be done with the never-ending fight over his status, so they just declared him dead. Regardless, there wasn't much to be done at that point, just anguish for his family. And so, without options, they did the only thing that they felt to be right. They buried his remains 
in the Yonkers Oakland Cemetery on August 3rd of 1970. That was 19 years after he had first been captured. On his headstone, they engraved five words that they thought best fit Hugh's life. His country above all else. The CIA, for its part, chiseled a new star on its marble wall of stars. And each of those actually signify an officer who died in the line of duty. Now, some stars have names associated with them and others don't, well, because their affiliation with the CIA has to be kept secret. And that was the case with Hugh. They didn't list his name, not in 1970 or for many decades after that. In fact, the U.S. government would not confirm his intelligence affiliation until the year 2000. At a ceremony that year, CIA colleagues finally publicly acknowledged Hugh as one of their own, and they honored his tremendous service and his sacrifice. In attendance at that ceremony was a man named Bill McKinley. And it turns out Bill was one of Hugh's nephews, one that always got his ice cream because Uncle Huey made sure of it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your special Independence Day brief. If you would, do me a favor. At some point today, give a nod to Hugh in whatever way you think best. A little prayer of thanks or a toast of gratitude. Because what Hugh represents to me is what this Independence Day represents to all of us. His country above all else. And it's an idea that's, that's losing favor these days, isn't it? As I was preparing this story for you, I was reminded of the speech that the former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, gave to his party faithful a few years ago. He said that we could never make America great again because it was never great to begin with. He said that just a few miles from Hughes' ashes and at a park bearing his name, Redmond Park in Yonkers. And so what's important, I think, is to remind ourselves today of all days that what Andrew Cuomo said is just not true. America has been great. Imperfect? Yes. My goodness, yes, have we. But there are too many stories of profound sacrifice and, and courage and perseverance, all that have brought about this day of independence. If it weren't for people like Hugh, maybe people that you know, people that you've lost, we wouldn't be in this place that we are today, celebrating our freedom and our liberty. Say nothing of the fireworks and picnics and memories of all of our family and friends. So tip one back for Hugh, if you wouldn't mind, or offer up that big prayer of thanks. And if you do, maybe ask this. Maybe ask that we all find that fight in our bellies to stand up for America just like Hugh did. Like when he parachuted in on D-Day, when he fought at the Battle of the Bulge against Hitler, or he refused to break when his Chinese prison guards tortured him. It's because of that fight, that tenacity of spirit, and that love of country that we can all be here in towns big and small, all to celebrate this day, our day of American independence. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let us close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Lucky. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.